Next station is Finch. Finch Station. This is the terminal station. Prochaine station, Lionel This is the Victoria Line train to Brixton. Hello and welcome to the next stop. I'm Helen Lee. And I'm Vincent Puhaka. Hey, Reffit Riders. Here is the next installment in our station shorts. In this episode, we're investigating Bessarian Station. Why? For starters, Vincent really wanted to cover it, and I agreed. Thanks, Helen. You're welcome, Vincent. It's also probably one of the most infamous subway stations in Toronto, in spite of, or because of, being one of the least used in the system. We'll tell you about the station's history and explain why it's so interesting. We also paid a visit to Bessarion to see this ghost station in person and document the echoes of a vastly underused piece of Toronto's transit infrastructure. Unlike Chester Station, I can't say that I've ever used Bessarion more than a handful of times, if that. So I was really excited to work on this episode and learn a little bit more about a part of the network that I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah, you were really excited. Wasn't I? You were. Vincent, why does Bessarion Station exist? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a bit more of an interesting story than you might think. Bessarion Station opened to the public on November 24, 2002, along with the rest of the Shepherd Line, now known as Line 4. But the roots of the line go back a few decades. From the beginning, the subway was conceived of as both a transit and a development tool. Planners were seeing ridership increases on Shepherd Avenue East bus routes, and a major growth in car traffic between the growing commercial hubs in North York and in Scarborough. Mel Lastman, the former mayor of Toronto and a longtime mayor of the former city of North York, was the major political backer of the Shepherd subway. He saw subways as the key to building higher density on corridors like Shepherd Avenue. Now, Mel Lastman doesn't have a sterling reputation in Toronto's political history, but he was one of the few suburban mayors who thought that a downtown can't just be for cars. A much shortened Shepherd subway started construction in the 90s after surviving three changes of provincial government and ballooning costs. The line was supposed to have stations every kilometer, but when those costs increased, all of the stations not at a major intersection were cut from the project. All except Bessarion. It was saved after Mel Lastman and then TTC Chair Howard Moscow lobbied to keep it. The original plan of stops each kilometer was to fulfill the line's development role. Even at the time, it was argued Bessarion would receive little ridership, but the potential for development allowed it to remain. So Helen, what makes Bessarion Station so infamous? Bessarion was the least used subway station until the opening of the extension of the Line 1 subway to the city of Vaughan. But it's weirdly infamous because of the low ridership. Enough to be the subject of a funny YouTube video from 2013 called Finding Bessarion. That video has generated over 100,000 views. We reached out to Jeremy Woodcock, the star of Finding Bessarion, and he was kind enough to share his experiences working on the video. You'll hear that segment later in the episode. The Bessarion station has no people trope is one of those things that gets dropped in transit conversations if you live in Toronto for long enough. What other subway station gets that kind of attention? So other than being low-key infamous, are there any other interesting facts about the station? Bessarion Station is named after nearby Bessarion Road. The North York Historical Society indicates that the name is of unknown origin. 
There was a 15th century Byzantine bishop and scholar named Bessarion, but it's unclear if the street is named after him. Bessarion is also one of those Toronto street names that everyone pronounces incorrectly. According to torontosounds.ca, the name is pronounced Bessarion with a hard S. This conflicts with the TDC's onboard announcements, which pronounce it Bessarion with a soft S. I pronounce it with a soft S, so apparently I've been pronouncing it wrong. How do you pronounce it, Vincent? Honestly, I've probably pronounced it different ways over the years, but uh, I'm probably with you that I'm pronouncing it wrong. Bessarion. Like Vincent mentioned earlier, Bessarion was built to encourage development along what used to be a more isolated stretch of Shepherd Avenue East in North York. He and I made a trip out to Bessarion to see if that happened. I are at Bessarion Station. The infamous Bessarion Station. Is it infamous? I think so. (laughs) So what do we see? Well, um, to me, I think it's probably my least favorite Shepherd Line Station. There is a predominant color scheme of light, nasty yellow on the tiles. It's not a flattering yellow. No, it looks like a public bathroom. A very large public washroom. It's broken up by a row of almost like a mural on these tiles, which are uh, people's feet. I guess to give you the impression the station's busier than it actually is, not quite sure. But the color scheme doesn't go together, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that the artwork that is here, again, literally just black and white photos on tiles of people's feet, as if they were, I guess, captured on like a street, uh, shopping center or whatever the heck. And I think it just really adds to the public washroom vibe. Like when Absolutely. you're in a washroom and you're trying to figure out if there's actually somebody in the stall and you like bend down and look at, see if there's any feet. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And really, you know, you, you, you've heard that it's not a busy station. It really is not. No. You know, we're recording this right now. Keep in mind we're here on a Sunday. That's fair. That's fair. But I think during COVID, people aren't commuting anyway, so we're getting a, a good picture of of this station. A few people have come in and out. It's not utterly deserted. So it's hardly uh, one of Toronto's most important stations. Yeah. This is probably the sleepiest station job for any TTC attendance. Well, we can actually see uh, there's the attendance booth with the huge security feed on there. Uh, which is nice, I suppose. But, yeah, there's no people. So a lot of security cameras, no people. And he's, yeah. just, he's just having a fun time in there. That's, I don't think he's having that much fun. Probably not. Yeah. I think you have to plan ahead if your shift is going to be here as, like, a TDC station attendant. So. You need some reading material. So, Helen, so what do you think? You can't really be caught reading on the job. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> there's no people to catch him. <laughs> So we're here. We, we, we came up to Bazarian Station to sort of see the lay of the land. What we're going to do is we're also going to go down to platform level and see if there's a little bit more activity. So stay tuned for that. 
platform level of the Sarian station and looking around, uh, differences, I see pretty substantial pillars that are covered in like this deep red tile with some uh, photographs, backs of people's heads, and they appear to be the same people who lent their legs and feet to photos on the concourse main level of the station. It could be. Uh, I notice, to me, what really stands out is on either end of the platform, a continuance of the nasty yellow bathroom tile. So just really continuing the public washroom look. Uh, the walls are, on the platform side of those tracks, are uh, concrete. So that matches a lot of the newer stations. So the Shepherd Line, uh, Line 1 extension, uh, that look like that. Uh, those two things really stand out to me. And interestingly, the lack of advertisements. Yeah, there are no ads. There are spaces for the ads, but no They're ads. They're not there on those Patterson uh, poster sites. So that's very interesting. I mean, I would joke that nobody's using the station, so maybe they just didn't think it was worth it. Right. Uh, a more likely explanation is that they're just changing over ads for a different campaign or someone who's paid. We'll but, it would, but it wouldn't surprise me if they just decided to not bother with putting in ads here. It'd be pretty funny. Um, just because of the low use of this station. I think there's some people. There's some people yeah. on the platform. Yeah. But, you know, as we said before, it's, it's pretty... You could have a nap here and you'd be fine. Probably. <laughs> so Vincent and I just came back inside from doing a brief walk outside of Bessarian Station. What did we see, Vincent? Well, um, it's... So Shepherd is a very interesting street in the sense that, so we exited the station on the north side. Uh, immediately behind that exit is a 70s looking strip plaza uh, with a pers Persian supermarket, uh, a, something that looked like a credit union, uh, Pizza Pizza, and the North York Mac. So not very interesting in a lots of businesses to go to sense, but interesting in there's this old version of what Shepherd used to be. And looking across the other side of the street, you see a whole pile of those condos that have gone up uh, along Shepherd. They're surprisingly built very far back from the street. Yeah, they're really set back. Yeah. They're not really meant to be transit friendly, which is interesting. Which is odd. Yeah. Uh, I know when the station was open that people complained about the fact there's nothing around here. The argument was, oh well, there'll be condos. Well, they're not, you can't walk. Yeah, but condos do not make a neighborhood by themselves. You have to give places. You have to provide places for the condo dwellers to go to. Of course, absolutely. And I think maybe we just saw the reason for Bazarian's low ridership. Yeah. Uh, as we said elsewhere in the episode, you know, there's no buses that actually come here, so it's really dependent on walk-up traffic, and there's nowhere to go to or from. I mean, there technically is the shepherd bus that passes by, Correct. but that doesn't count. Why would you take the bus along shepherd only to get off here? It doesn't make any sense. So, really, the station is, is fairly poorly located, and planning wasn't done to make the area you know, amenable to transit users. Not at all. I definitely would not see myself coming into this area. Definitely not see myself living in this area just because it's just so freaking isolated. Yeah. I mean, 
the, the wind sure whips across all that empty pavement. And it's not, it's not pleasant. You're not sitting in your SUV, I guess. I mean, I thought it was cool. There were actually like two strip plazas yes. with the mech store in between them. And so there were like a couple of restaurant, like quick service restaurants. You definitely had the pizza pizza, but there was also like an independent, what appeared to be a breakfast lunch restaurant, what appeared to be like a Persian like kebab place. There's a Japanese fish sushi shop as well. It's quite well known called Terrell's Fish. Yeah, and you know, if you came here by transit, you would pretty much have to know it was there. You could set off walking in the other direction and not see any of this. So the station doesn't lend itself to supporting the local retail. And yeah. I hope the condo, condo dwellers go there. Uh, you do got to wonder. You can't really see it from the street. We could see the Canadian Tire in the distance. The Canadian Tire, which is definitely built for people arriving by car. Because again... Predate the condos? I have no oh. idea. Either way, the, the neighborhood isn't particularly well built for the station. And it's been 20 years, almost 20 years, since it's opened. And clearly, planning hasn't been done to form the neighborhood around the station. And you hope it happens in the future. Yeah, I didn't realize it's been almost 20 years since Viserion opened. It barely looks 10 years old. But there's no excuse. We, we, we know that it's a low ridership station. Yeah. No steps have been made to improve the area around it. So... Now it's the city's fault. Yeah. Ridership is actually lower than Chester Station. Right. And then that's, a, that's a key point. And I think we're going to say that elsewhere. But Chester, you can walk everywhere. It's, there's a lot within a 5-10 minute distance on foot from that station. So it doesn't have a bus. Okay, so it's going to have lower ridership than Kennedy. But you can get places from there. There and are here yeah. you can't. There are a plethora of restaurants, bars, businesses... Just places to see along uh, the Danforth that's outside of Chester Station. Here, again, you got the two little strip plazas. You've got the mech store. That's it within walking distance. Yeah. You can see the Canadian Titan distance, but that does not look like a very comfortable walking distance. And I've always thought that the placement of Toronto's sort of newer rapid transit stations don't support the neighbourhoods in the suburbs that actually need the support right? So you look at Eglinton East and Scarborough, and there's a lot of, there's a whole section of strip plazas from Kennedy all the way out to past Brimley. And instead we're building the subway to the mall. Yep. Right? So there are areas in the suburbs that could support this higher order transit, and we just don't build it there for some reason. We build it in places like this, and then don't change the neighborhood to suit the transit. It's very strange. It's the idea of transit planning that does not get in the way of the use of the car, which I'm very much against. Because you're not bringing transit to where people need it. Yeah. Right? And, you know, for the people who don't drive, who don't have access to a car, especially. So that always irked me about recent transit planning. One of the inspirations for this episode was a six-minute YouTube video from 2013 called Finding Bazarian, directed by Cameron Wiley and starring Jeremy Woodcock. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm just going to say that it's really charming. I connected with Jeremy Woodcock and asked him to look back on the making of Finding Bazarian. 
Jeremy is a stand-up comedian in Toronto and staff writer for This Hour Has 22 Minutes, who thinks everybody should be able to get around their city easily and quickly. Arriving at the ferry, the ferry station. It's so red. It's so red. It's beautiful. First impression, this is the nicest subway station I have ever been to. My name is Jeremy Woodcock of Finding Bessarian fame. The inspiration for the video, interestingly, was, was a little joke. It was a tossed-off joke on social media. I said something about taking bets on whether Bessarian Station actually exists. And it led to a little discussion from people and people agreeing, you know, that's, I really don't, I've heard the name, but I really don't know what this is. And there I was done with my little joke. I'd had my fun, but a colleague and collaborator now, uh, Cameron Wiley, a tremendously talented director and cameraman and editor and various things, he sent me a message and said, well, now you've got to go to Bessarian Station and I've got to film you doing that. And I said, okay, I'll do that because, again, you know, as long as I just have to sit down and say a few jokes, as I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm game. So I did a little, I tried to think of some things that I would say on this video, you know, as I headed over to Cameron's at the crack of 10 a.m., but nothing was expected about what became of the video. Nothing, the things people focused on. Apparently, I wear a tie outside of a sweater, and apparently that is unconventional. And also, we just didn't know what would become of the day. You know, we ended up making many more videos afterward. And you sort of go out, and you're responsible, and you have to come back with something. But this day, we didn't know what would happen, and it really didn't matter if nothing happened. We were just doing this for ourselves. Only later, when we put the video out, you know, one day in the afternoon and just got huge attention. We were all over the radio and the newspapers. and But I loved just setting out not knowing what we were doing and just having a few little jokes I was going to say on the way and, and explore as we went. We started at Keel Station, just because that's where Cameron was living at the time. I didn't know, we didn't know exactly what the rules were, were for, for filming on the TTC and for plausible deniability. I still not am, I'm not still entirely sure so we filmed sort of surreptitiously, me saying little things, me checking stuff out, which was all genuine. You know, I'm looking around, I'm saying my thoughts as we head there. I was, I'm a, you know, I don't always wear my heart under my sleeve. It's pretty easy to see what I'm feeling. So I, I was expressing my interest and excitement to check out this station just because we're out doing something fun, which I guess is one of the reasons you can ride transit. You know, people do it for utilitarian purposes, but also just to... It's nice just to be on it sometimes. We got there, and that's all genuine as well. I was, I was stunned. I, I hopefully learned a lesson. Hopefully not for the first time. Hopefully I learned about age three not to uh, assume something that, you're, that you think you know all about it when you haven't even seen it. But I believe this more and more strongly every day. You know, the, It could be the subway station people make fun of, or it could be the, the filmmaker or the author that everybody sort of makes little cracks about, and then you say, well, have you ever read them? Have you ever seen them? Have you ever been to that station? You say no. So it was sort of an interesting thing in making a casual joke and sort of subject it to scrutiny, you know, research and back up what you're talking about. You know, you toss off a joke. It was a very interesting microcosm, you know, just tossing off a joke and being told, well, you know, go learn about that so you can 
know what you're talking about. And then try to express that, you know, in the production, try to express what we experienced. You know, it doesn't seem like it would need anything. We filmed me finding Bessarian and we've got it. But, you know, in edits afterwards, we're trying to add music and cuts and stuff, which again, Cameron is brilliant at, to, to try to express just what it felt like to add heartwarming music when we felt heartwarming. So it's not just me spinning around. I only went back once with a Toronto Star reporter, but that was my time at Bessarian Station. And in some ways it's good that it was just brief and, and wonderful. You know, yesterday I had never been to Bessarian. I didn't know the beauties it held, but now, you know what, I've always got it. It's a lovely place to take a girl on a date. And I really can't say where I might go next. I mean, I never thought I'd be at Bessarian, but here I am. What's next? Uh, Runnymede? Paris? Kipling? The possibilities are endless. Don't be afraid to journey, my friends. Don't be afraid to discover your own personal purple line. Everyone has their own Bessarian. How it makes me quiver How it makes me smile With all this love I have to give you Guess I'm gonna stay Hope you enjoyed our second station short on Bessarian. We want to profile every station in the system. We've done two so far east of Young, so we want to head west next time. Which station should we profile next? Let us know. We want your suggestions. Thanks to Jeremy Woodcock for agreeing to talk to us about his quest to find Bessarian station. For our next episode, we'll explore the controversial practice of fair enforcement. As always, remember to like and subscribe to the next stop through your favorite podcast service. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the next stop pod. And if you really like us, we've got a Patreon page. From the next stop, I'm Helen Lee. And I'm Vincent Puhaka. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>